0: You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Hey Amen. You can be seated. Good morning to 10 o'clock for those who are out of town last week or traveling over spring break. Welcome back. We always miss you when you're gone. We're in a series on heaven. We've called it Finally Home. And in this series, we're seeing what God has to say about heaven, and Not experientially, not what we've heard, maybe not even tradition, but what does God say about an actual place called heaven? There's a tombstone in Indiana. It's a little over 100 years old now. And they have discovered it. They kind of cleaned it up. And there's, there's some, some writing on that tombstone. And it says, Pause, stranger, when you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. few years after that, someone came and etched into that same tombstone. To follow you, I am not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) You know, when it comes to that minute when life is over for us, like destination is important. And scripture is so clear. In fact, God is so kind that he speaks so often about the destination when this life is, is over. This, this past couple of years, and especially these past couple of years, I bet everyone in this house has been to at least one funeral. Maybe multiple funerals. And every time we go to a funeral, no matter how young you might be, we always think, at least for a few moments, about our own mortality. It's hard not to walk into a funeral, see a casket up front, and not be reminded one more time that this isn't all that there is. Followers of Christ, we we live in that tension. And it's a beautiful tension, but it's a tension nonetheless. And that tension is between the eternal and the temporal, it's between those things that last forever and those things that are fading. Those things that will be there for all of eternity versus those things that are just non-lasting. And scripture paints that tension very often. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 35, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, temporal, but my word will last forever, eternal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, as Paul was writing, he said all the special gifts and powers of God one day come to an end, temporal, but faith, hope, and love last forever, eternal. When Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, he said that everyone's souls will last forever, eternal. Then when you get over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, but our bodies will die Temporal. So Christian, we, we live in that tension every day, that tension between the things that last forever and the things that are just going to pass away. C.S. Lewis expresses that tension really well and very wisely in his formative book, Mere Christianity, when he says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. This world is the temporary. C.S. Lewis was speaking of another world, the world that would last forever. Let's look together very quickly, just kind of give some framing today to this biblical thought of heaven, the doctrine, if you will, of of heaven. So let's look again at the eternal versus the temporal. Here's the first thing we see in Scripture is that there's a temporal heaven, a, a heaven that is actually temporary believers in christ who have passed this is where they are at present this is where they are now it's no lesser of a heaven because christ is there so it's not a lesser place but it's not the eternal heaven the scripture talks about so if you have a friend a relative a loved one that has passed away in christ they had put their trust in christ christ was their lord then this is where they are now they're actually in biblically a a temporary or a temporal heaven it's a temporary place. The placement of that heaven is, is temporary. But also scripture talks about an eternal heaven. That's the final destination of Christians. It's the final destination of where heaven is presently in a temporary place. It will actually go to an eternal place. After the return of Christ, a new heaven is established. Now John sees this in the book of Revelation. You don't have to turn there right now, but look on the screen behind me in Revelation chapter 21, verses one through two, a verse that probably a lot of you have heard before. John said, that I saw a new heaven, so not the temporary one, but a new heaven, and I saw a new earth. For the first heaven, that's the temporal one, and the first earth had passed away. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, eternal, coming down out of heaven, temporary, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed, for her husband so scripture talks about a heaven that will pass away but then a new heaven that will be there forever we also see that tension of the eternal versus the temporal when it comes to hell there's a temporal hell uh, this is written about in, in, in the gospel of, of Luke usually we call this Hades This is a place of darkness, it's a place of, of weeping those who have rejected Christ so far in human history who have pushed back on the gospel of Christ this is where they are but in Revelation chapter twenty it says that this Hades, this temporary place, actually will be tossed. It will be destroyed. After that point, unbelievers in Christ they're relocated. After the return of Christ, after the final uh, uh, final judgment, they're actually relocated to this eternal hell, this place that is lasting. So you have a temporal hell, then you have an eternal hell. Eternal hell, Scripture talks about as being a place of fire. It's referenced in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. It's referenced in the book of, of Revelation. Now, if you don't believe in hell, then you don't believe in Jesus, because he talked about it more than any other person in the Bible and I know in our world today like I know it's 2022 I know people don't come to church to to hear about hell I know someone's going to email me this week going stop talking about hell I don't like talking about hell I don't either just don't go there that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) Christ has offered a way out of that this eternal hell is, is is a place that Paul writes about after the return of Christ. This is also on the screen behind you in Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven through ten. Look at how the Spirit told Paul to write this down at the revelation of the Lord Jesus. So when he comes, when he comes from heaven with his powerful angels, he will take vengeance with a flaming fire on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And they will pay the penalty of, here's the word, eternal, everlasting destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength on that day when he comes to be glorified by his saints and to be admired by all of those who have believed. So there's a temporary heaven, there's an eternal heaven, there's a temporary hell, there's an eternal hell. We also see in scripture there's going to be a temporary earth, and this is the place where we exist presently. That this earth is, is is temporary in its nature. Earth has not always been like this. The earth that we're living on today has not always been like this. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. And the earth that we're living on today will not be like this in, in the future. This earth is going to pass. So if you came to Highland today looking for a practical word, here's my practical word for you. Don't put, put your treasures here. Don't, don't put your your roots in the ground too much here because this not only is passing for you this earth itself is passing but there's also mention in the scripture about an eternal earth or a redeemed earth that there's coming a day when when the earth will be free from sin and free from the effects of sin, Romans chapter 8 tells us that even right now earth is crying out for that day, it is groaning for this, it is desiring that day of its freedom, of its liberation Whatever sin has touched this earth and polluted this earth, God will redeem it and, and clean it up. This is what Peter writes about. So John has talked about a new heaven and a new earth, a temporary hell, an eternal hell. Uh, Paul's written, written about it. Now look, look, look what Peter says about this. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. In keeping with his promise, we are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So let me try to be helpful to you today. The two circled places that you see on the screen behind me is the same place. Heaven coming down meets this earth that is redeemed, and this is actually where we will live forever, Christians. Here's one of the biggest misunderstandings in Christianity. We're not going up there and staying there forever all throughout the New Testament and even prophesied in the Old Testament that there is a new heaven and a new earth and they are in the same location. I know last week I made fun of Waco being like the closest you could get to hell. I hope you do like this town because I, I mean, Lubbock's even worse than Waco. Waco's the closest we're gonna get to hell, maybe Lubbock even more so. But what I want you to understand is that we need to love this place because God's gonna recreate this place and, and we're coming back to live here on a new earth, a redeemed Earth. Wake will be cleaned up. <laughs> Lubbock. I mean, if you want to see the power of God, <laughs> go to Lubbock on the new earth and see what God did there. <laughs> the new heaven is here on earth and the earth has been renewed. But here's the other temporary versus eternal that we see that we feel the struggle today. We see it in scripture. We're living right now in a temporal body. The body that you're living in right now, praise the Lord, this is just temporary. This body will wear out. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians when he says, day by day, outwardly, we're just wasting away, and we feel it, don't we? Now, if you're under the age of 30, don't answer. You don't know, but one of these days, you will understand. Day by day, these bodies are just giving out, but the scripture talks about an eternal body. This is the resurrected body. You see, Adam's sin gave us this body that is undeniably fragile and so susceptible to a plethora of diseases. As we have seen the last 20 months, susceptible to viruses that ravage us physically. Spiritually, even within this body, we're weakened by sin, we're weakened by temptation. But, Christian, you see, we're following Jesus into his resurrection. This is the essence of of Christianity, that we follow Jesus and the pattern that he set for this life and for our death and for our resurrection. We will have a new body on the day that Christ returns. We don't talk about this much anymore. Oh, our great-grandparents did. They called it Resurrection Day. Theologians call it Resurrection Day. Well, we see it in First Thessalonians. When, when Christ returns, there's a, a trumpet that is sounded. And the dead in Christ will rise. The, the graveyard on that day is going to be a happening place. We have these brand new bodies. Now Paul writes about this. and I, We don't talk about this enough. This is resurrection day. In First Corinthians chapter 15, you see on the screen behind me, li- listen to how Paul tells us as a church, so it is. He says, with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable. That's our bodies, perishable. But what is raised up is imperishable. It is sown. Our bodies are sown in dishonor the dishonor of cancer, the dishonor of disease, the dishonor of COVID, but it's raised in this glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown, listen, a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. This is our destiny a new heaven a new earth, a new body. So what are we going to do there? What will Christians do in heaven? We have the framing done now. But let's step inside a little bit deeper into what we actually do in this new heaven and new earth, which are the same place. What will Christians do in heaven? Some of y'all have been waiting for number one on this list since we started five weeks ago. We're going to enjoy eating and drinking. Now, let's get to our passage today. Would you go with me, please, to the prophet Isaiah. And I want you to see this. Don't take my word for it. There's food in heaven. We even see here what type of food. Isaiah chapter 25. Let's go there together. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Make it through Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. You'll find it to the right of that. It's a pretty good-sized book. Isaiah chapter 25. Let's look at verse 6. What will Christians do in heaven? Number one, we'll enjoy eating. We'll enjoy drinking. Isaiah 25 verse 6. This is a reference of heaven on this, on this mountain, the mountain Zion. The Lord of hosts will make for all peoples, all of his people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged w- wine well refined. A couple things I want you to know. When Jesus resurrected, in his resurrected body, you know what he did? He ate fish. He went to the shoreline of Galilee and he had a fish fry. He enjoyed food in his resurrected body. We also enjoy food in our resurrected body. look what it says here on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all of his peoples a feast of rich food it 's a feast of well aged wine it 's a rich food, full of marrow, full of marrow has to mean only one thing in fact, a lot of your translations go ahead and translate this: meat, you know beef, um, poultry. But look what it says here it 's it's, it's rich food, in other words it 's good. There, there's, there's no other way around this. Let me step away from the Bible and i say this. It has to be barbecue. There's no other way for you to say that, that meat is, is well done, that meat is rich unless it's barbecue. In fact, this is so fascinating to me. The Hebrew word here for full of morrow, again, your Bible might use the word here, uh, full of, of rich meat. It's a fascinating Hebrew word. It's, it's kind of hard to pronounce. Let me just spell it out for you. It's R-U and then it's D-Y-S. I apologize for those who just wrote Rudy's in the margin of your Bible system. <laughs> I don't even know what the Hebrew word is. I never even looked it up this week. But it has to be something like that. We're going to enjoy eating. And Did you catch this? Who's the cook? Look at verse 6. On this mountain, Mount Zion, in the new heaven, the Lord, that's, that's Yahweh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in your Bible, the Lord of hosts, he will make this for all people. God will be our cook. What will Christians do in heaven? Number two, all things will be joyful. In other words, what we do in heaven will be filled with joy. All things will be joyful in heaven. And and, and I purposely put that there because it doesn't sound like something that you do, but it is. We're just going to enjoy joy. This is what we're gonna do for, for all of eternity. All things will be joyful. Now let's go to the main passage in Isaiah today. Go over several pages to your right and go to Isaiah 65. In fact, the whole second portion of Isaiah 65 is about the new heavens and the new earth and what it looks like and what we do there. Isaiah chapter 65, so a few pages to your right if your Bible's still open. There even should be a heading in your Bible, perhaps above verse 17, that even says new heavens and, and the new earth. Swim down to verse 18. All things will be joyful. 65, 18, and 19. For the, or but be glad. So this is speaking of the new heaven, the new earth, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. What did you create? The new heaven, the new earth. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I, God says, I will rejoice in Jerusalem. I will be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it. The sound of weeping and the cry of distress. In other words, it's just joy. Highland, think about all the things that still are joy. Think about all the things that distress us. Think about how sad this life can often be, how frustrating this life can, can often be, and it's gone. Look at verse 18. Be glad. Look at verse 18. Rejoice. Look at verse 18. To be a joy. Look at verse 18. Gladness. Look at verse 19. Rejoice. Look at verse 19. Glad. Look at verse 19. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping. Look at verse 19. No more shall be heard in it the cries of distress, all things will be joyful. Thirdly, we're going to build houses and plant gardens in heaven. You thought your work was done. We'll work together for all of eternity. I want you to catch this though, because there's something about this work that's really interesting that makes it different than the work we do on earth. Look at Isaiah chapter 65, verse 21. Just jump down a few verses. They should build houses. And inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and and eat their fruit. So we'll build houses, we'll plant vineyards, we'll enjoy the fruit, we'll plant gardens. This is gonna be a big change for Jennifer and I. Because we kill plants, (laughs) we kill our plastic plants. Like we are not good gardeners at, at all. But here we're gonna we're gonna build these houses, and the houses we build, we're gonna enjoy. The gardens that we plant, we will enjoy. Uh, Look at number four. What will Christians do in heaven? This is closely associated. We'll enjoy the work we do. What work we do? We just saw that in verse 21. We're going to build houses. We're going to plant gardens. Look what it says in in verse 22. So enjoy the work that we do. Verse 22. They shall not build and another inhabit. This is what makes it different. They shall not plant and another eat. See, today we we work and someone else always enjoys the, the fruit of our labor, but here in verse 22, we will build, but no one else is going to move into it. We're going to plant, but no one else is going to come and eat the food. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. I mean, there are days now, those in the labor force, they're difficult. Situations are a job that, that we don't enjoy. They disappoint us. I think we find, let me just say this to those who are over the age of 40, but I want those under the age of 40 to listen in. I think you find the more um, years that you work, the less that work was really ever designed to bring you great joy. A paycheck, yes. A function in society, yes. But if you're thinking, once I get into that job, or once I get a job that's like just the best job ever and it's paying me all this great money, and you're thinking that's where you're going to find the joy... It doesn't truly satisfy us. But look at this, we'll find great joy for all of eternity in what we do. My chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Fifthly, look at this, what will Christians do in heaven? God will answer us before we even speak. I love this. This speaks of the closeness of God to his people in heaven. Look at Isaiah 65. Just jump down two verses. Verse 24. This has always been such a fascinating verse to me before they call i will answer while they are yet speaking i will hear you see there's no no, no, no longer any sin there to distort our relationship with god there's no longer sin there to, to mess up or to separate our conversations with god there's such close communication with god such close conversations with god and some of y'all have been married for a long time i think this is what it means god's going to finish our sentences like he just, he knows what we're saying before we even begin to talk. He, he knows that he, we're calling out to him and he'll answer before we even through calling out to him. While we are yet speaking, God will hear us, God will know us, God will understand us. Six. What will Christians do in heaven? We'll observe animals living in peace. Look at verse 25. A familiar passage to a lot of you probably in the study of heaven. The wolf. And the lamb shall graze together. Enemies presently shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw. So no longer a predatory animal looking for, for meat, looking for the, the smaller animal. It's a statement of peace. The lion shall eat straw just like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. So you have these animals li- living in peace. I actually kind of like those TV shows and those YouTube when when the animals go after each other. I love those. I love when a lion fights an elephant. I love it when it's the mongoose versus the cobra. I love it when it's the crocodile versus the house cat. Like I love those type of animal fights that go on. I like those things, but I like peace even better. And don't miss the rich theology of the middle part of verse 25. The serpent will have a steady diet of dust. So even in a place of peace, our enemy who is zoomorphically seen here as the serpent is still under judgment. The same judgment that God put that serpent under, our enemy under, in Genesis chapter three. That dust shall be the serpent's food. Here's the seventh thing, even the last thing I want us to see. We're gonna sing in heaven. We're gonna play music in heaven. And we're gonna worship in heaven. You're in Isaiah 65. You mind just going back a few pages to the left? And look at Isaiah 51. We see the same Mount Zion, this gathering of, of God's holy hill and God's holy people. Coming together in his presence. Look at Isaiah 51, look at verse 11 with me. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. So we're coming to the presence of God, and we're coming to Zion, we're coming to heaven with singing. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, because sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Look at that again in verse 11. The ransom of the Lord will come. They'll return to the Lord, return to Zion, and they will come to him singing. Music is the language of heaven. Amazing how often we read in the Bible, whether it be the book of Isaiah or the book of Revelation, all we see over and over again are just these lyrics given to us as songs that we will sing to God. And there is more to heaven than singing, but there's nothing less in heaven than singing.